ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here again with another edition of Oilers Live Tuesday. I've got uh, two guests tonight. I've got uh, Mr. Dash himself from Straight Off the Pipe and uh, one and only Josh from the Tough Call podcast. Kind of a somber night tonight. Oilers uh, like 2 and 20 or something in their last 22. I'm not even sure anymore. I lost count. Anyway, we're going to talk some Oilers hockey. Try to keep it up, Pete, if we can. Lots to talk about. Lots of toxicity out there in Twitter land, which is great. Fun. Makes things interesting. Gets all the trolls out. They need to stretch their legs once in a while, too. So all good. I don't know where to start, but uh, I just want to say uh, welcome, guys. And a uh, special welcome to Josh. This is your second time on the uh, show. Dash has been on so many times lately, people are going to start thinking he's a co-host, so everybody knows who he is. Uh, welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm glad to be here. I'm looking forward to this a lot. Yeah, appreciate it. I mean, we we do have um, we do have lots to talk about. I don't know that it's all uh, great. Obviously, um, you know, we've gone through, you know what, Oilers fans are used to this. We've gone through highs and lows, more lows than highs, and... You know, it's always the same thing. Probably the biggest thing on everybody's mind right now, or the biggest topic of discussion is whose fault is it? And you could walk down oil country, the street in oil country, I'm sure, and everybody would have a different answer. There are probably, what, four, maybe five answers out there, I think, are the top ones, uh, starting with the coach, obviously. Uh, GM is uh, up there, too. Goaltending is up there. Defense is up there. And uh, I hate to say it, but there's a little, there's a few people out there also saying leadership uh, in the locker room is up there too. So, uh, Josh, what's your thoughts? I mean, if you're going to, and, or maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't throw you to the wolves just yet. Let's get Dash in there because I, you know what, I know, you know what I'm going to do here, Josh, is I'm going to tell you what's your thoughts. You're going to go in not knowing what Dash's thoughts are, completely contradict him, and then he's going to, He's probably taking notes right now, thinking, how am I going to get this guy? Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he's got the, the marker out and ready. Dash, what are your thoughts? What's the problem with this organization? Is there a problem, and should we be worried? What are these problems you speak of, Michael? <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, uh, I, I thought everything was going well. Uh, maybe I haven't been on Twitter. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the tires are burning. Um, what do I think? Uh, I think if you only counted five problems, um, <laughs> you, you forgot to use your other hand. Um, yeah, you, you can't, I don't think you can blame one thing right now. That's, that's kind of it. Um, you know, we're, we're not as bad as the losing streak we've been on, but we're not as good as the 10 and one that we started either. Right. And we're somewhere in the middle. I, I just, the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows, like we're just like, when we're down, we're way down. And when we're up, we're way up. And, you know, you, you named a few of those things. I think coaching is obviously uh, one of the problems, but it's one of many of the problems, you know, like it's poor starts. It's the first goal. It's effort. It's the compete level. It's goaltending. It's leaky defense. It's poor neutral zone play. It's 
shitty five on five play. It's a dwindling power play. It's you throw a dart at the board, you guys. Like I don't know. I, I don't think that there's any. So if I throw there. a dart at the board, it always hits the big picture I've got on Tippet right there, <laughs> right square on the dartboard. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm and Josh, you get your chance, but. All of those things to me can be uh, partly a coaching thing, right? And you and I, I know, Dash, I wanted to get into this with you because I know, well, I, I, think, you, I think you and I agree on part of it. But I, I, and I also think, though, that, um, Buddy, you know, we both, we both don't think, though, that uh, Tippett's going anywhere. I will tell you this, Josh, you, you're going to, he's just going to listen to us tonight. He's going to be the mediator. No. You gave me uh, the first word. <laughs> yeah, no, I he might not talk till the 15 minute mark. Yeah. I listen to a lot of NHL media like you guys do. I'm sure sometimes to my detriment. And, uh, but I'll tell you this, I'm listening to guys talk about, I don't just listen to Oilers media, right? Like I'm listening to, uh, they're, they're talking about the Colorado Chicago game tonight. And they're talking about Bednar and what's Bednar's strategy for the game tonight, right? Uh, they're talking about Pittsburgh uh, last night and, and or the couple nights ago when they had a game and, and uh, they came back and, and how Mike Sullivan uh, learned from that, right? Like, they always talk about the coaches, the coach, right? Like, and how these good coaches come around and they do things better. All year we've been hearing, and, and much to our chagrin, We've been hearing the Sutter type of play uh, about the Flames, right? And damn it, if you, if, if you asked me which roster I would prefer, Flames or Oilers, I'd, pick, I'd take the Oilers roster, if, not knowing how the seasons progress, right? So what's the difference in that, in that instance? And, this is an uh, organizational yeah. problem, well, though, Michael. Yeah, you're yeah, talking like you're going to throw your there. dart at Tippett, but... W- w- was our five-on-five play better with McClellan? Was our five-on-five play better with Eakins? Was our goaltending better with Eakins? Well, our- so organizationally, we've, we've hired some shitty coaches. That's one thing. <laughs> like, I, like well, I honestly, I, I believe that. But not a I, shitty coach. That's yeah. the thing. Like, He's it, not a you know, look at what coach. Holland's done. He's gone out and got players that were supposed to give us spark and energy. He got Hyman. He got Fogel. These guys are lulled to sleep like the rest of the Oilers right now. Well, in that and agreed, uh, Josh. Okay, yeah. Now chime in, chime in. That's, I mean, yeah, Josh, uh, and you've played. You know, both of you have played some high level hockey. We've all played a little bit of high level hockey. Uh, I'm probably the best out of the three of us, but um, I know you guys know. <laughs> Come on, give me something here. Halifax is not the highest no, level of hockey yeah, play yeah, amongst yeah, the yeah. three of us. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, I was like novice rep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh Josh, go ahead. What's your what's your thought on this? I am very reluctant to say the words I'm about to say. I've always been very conscious about not criticizing a dressing room that I'm not in or around 100%. or know anything about. Okay, I agree with that. I agree but with that. That's yep. I'm telling you the one word I think the problem can be summed up in is culture. I really do. Mm-hmm. I this is to me is not a surprise what's been happening, even with their 10 and one start or whatever it was. Exactly. When you looked at how they performed in the playoffs the last two times and what struck me funny, I always say this and I don't know how you guys feel about this. There's so many directions I could go here. It's unreal, but um, they played Chicago in that play in round and it just looked God awful. Their power play was great, but the rest of the, the play was awful. 
There was no compete. There was no little playoff battle that you, the playoffs is a completely different game. Yeah. And, and last year was the same thing. Like when you look at the roster that we have, I'm with you. I would take our roster, those pieces that were put in. And we talked about Pittsburgh earlier. Do you think that they just got lucky with guys like Chad Ruedel, uh, Rust, you know, these guys, do you think they were just lucky with some of these depth players that they got? Or do you think it was because when they were brought in, they were put in the right environment and just lulled into success? Because if they weren't following the rest of the group, they were just going to be gone and someone else was going to come in. It's kind of like what the Patriots do in football. They have a dynasty where, you know, if someone's not pulling their weight, it doesn't matter who they are, superstar or 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 bottom guy. They're out the door, and someone else is going to come in and fill that role. And Edmonton should be the most exciting destination in the NHL with McDavid and Dreisaitl and what they have going on there. It should be the happiest place in the world to play. And you would think that, like Pittsburgh had recently with their success, and like Tampa has had recently with their success with some of these deaf players, we named them, like Vogel, Turris, uh, Hyman, Cassian, McLeod, do you think some of these guys, like I know some of them are doing very well at times, but do you think looking at the bottom six that they've had for the last three to four years, that at least three of those guys or four of those guys shouldn't be sort of performing, even overachieving a little bit just because they're really excited to be there and they're happy, they're along for the ride and they want to do everything to stay there. Like, but instead you have everybody underachieving. And it's not just one player. We, we, when you look at all the problems they have and how many times they've readjusted their roster and how many times they've changed coaches under McDavid, it's not just one problem that needs to be solved um, on paper. But it is one problem in a way that is, is just the environment and, and the culture for success and the compete level that they have there. There is just something missing that doesn't promote success. And what I was excited about at the start of the season was when Paulie Arby came in and, and the big smile and yeah. the power forward. And all. I was very excited because I was like, this guy is excited to be alive. This guy is just happy to be there. and He's willing to do anything to yeah. prove the doubters wrong. And I was always happy that they drafted him over Matthew Kachuk, no matter what the circumstance, because I was like, even if I got five games of this from him, I knew this is what he was capable of right from the moment they drafted him. And if I could see that for five games, it's worth 10 seasons of whatever Matthew Gachuk does in Calgary. Because I just know that that's what the Oilers needed was that injection of life. And unfortunately, if you can take a guy like that, who was just so happy and just on a roll. And when you look at what Hyman did, that should have been the spark that they needed. And, no matter who they bring in, they just seem to, like someone said earlier, I think, Mike, just get lulled into that. It just sucks the life out of people to be there right now. And I don't know why that is. But you can bring in any bottom six guy. You can bring any three third-line center you want. You When's can bring the last in any time? Goal. I mean, you're on to something, Josh, and something I think no, we no. all agree on here, which, and, and um, you know, in the heavy hockey chat, identity has been kicked around a lot lately and it's been kicked around Oilers media a lot lately and something that you know like I brought it up I and I hate bringing this up because it's obviously the Flames but the Flames got an identity this year from from Daryl Sutter that they've been using uh, to their advantage 
I watched the Florida Panthers uh, tonight have their way with uh, with the Flames, and and what a hell of a hockey team! I'll say this, but guys like and 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 uh, this is a guy that scored, and he's had three on the year already. Ryan Lomberg, you know, they're out there having a good time. They're scoring, and they're making like they're making their present. They, I don't know what he got tonight. He probably had like uh, ten, you know, under ten minutes of ice time. But you saw him, right? You knew he was out there. Other than last night when uh, McLeod and and uh, Benson were out there, when's the last time the bottom six was was noticeable for this team? I, you know, because our best line last night. Yeah, it, it, but, but when's the last time? See, here's something I've been, I, you know, I've been keeping track of. And uh, tonight I, I saw, you know, Florida, I saw Calgary. I've watched a couple of the other games partially. I watched Chicago and Colorado. I watched the Boston-New Jersey game. I watched all of them. In the time that I watched all those games, each team bumped the other team's goalie at some point during the play. <laughs> I remarked in the New Jersey game. going to the net and yeah. not playing the perimeter well, your entire In the game. New Jersey game, we, we didn't bump the goalie until the two-minute mark of the third period. It took us exactly two game lengths before we bumped the goalie again. Two games, two like two full games. Which game did Connor McDavid go flying through a goalie was, like a missile? That was the last game. That was just Rangers last night. Game. That was, that was it. last night. In fact, it was over two game lengths. Because oh, yeah, it was at the two-minute <laughs> mark. So it was two game lengths in eight minutes before the Oilers bumped the goalie again. Like we, you know, I, I know it's a little thing, but it's, but it's also a big thing, right? It just shows the compete level this team has. Like every time we, <coughs> I, you know, I said it the other night, every time we take a penalty, bad call or not, and you're going to hate this, Josh, because it's a tough call pod, <laughs> but we need to like, you know, make it worth it. <laughs> well, right? listen, I always say, yeah. The things that I would do as a player are completely different than what I say as, as a person who's supposed <laughs> yeah, to be in charge yeah, of safety yeah. in the league. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, you know what, you do something and you know the penalty's worth it. Whatever they want to suspend me, I don't care. I'm doing it anyway because it's just what needs to be done. As a player, that's the way I look at things. And, and make, it, make your penalty it. worth it, right? Like, well, like if, you, if you get a bad trip call, piss somebody off after the fact. Try to take somebody with you once in a while rather than skating mm. to the box shaking your head. When's exactly. the last time an oiler tried to take somebody with them? It's, I don't, I, in fact, I can't. It's probably been 30 game lengths before that, since that happened, right? Like last I think night, Jesse who, who tried came to take to, Tyler Benson to, to the dog park. <laughs> yeah. Who, they're, who they're, came to McDavid's aid Bison. last night? Who came to McDavid's aid last night? Yamamoto. Yamamoto. There you go. The smallest Against guy the on six, the team. Against the 6'7 Truba who laughed gonna... at him. Oh, man. All right. We got Dursa listening in on uh, Facebook tonight. He says, how can you claim to be all in if you let the team flatline without making a trade or holding your coach accountable for losing? Dash. Uh... I've been telling Dursa for months that I'm not <laughs> sure this is the season that we're all in. I think, you know, the, the signal that we were moving towards it was getting Keith. Um, that acquisition, you know, said win now. Um, but I, I think, you know, I've said it to you, Michael, I, 
Holland's cards didn't get dealt to him the way he wanted. He, he wanted to go out and get Markstrom. He wanted to go out and get Grubauer. He's, he recognized he needed goaltending and he, and he didn't get it. it you know, he, he didn't go and extend and he didn't go and, you know, make a stupid trade to do it, which is great. So he went with what was safe. He went with what he knows. He went with what Tippett is. That's his style. And that's the Holland way he's patient. And if the right opportunity didn't come this year, I truly believe that he was building this for next year. I think next year is all the chips in the middle of the table. I'm not sure we're quite there yet. I don't think he got the players and the personnel he wanted. Um, I know you got to be competitive this for year, though, firing right? of Tippett, but it, it ain't happening, Durst. It ain't happening. But you got to be competitive this year. I mean, I like there's the elephant in the room, right? There's a guy on the team that obviously can't take a non-playoff year, right? Like I, like I, I literally, I think, you know, I might ask the tr- for the trade myself, <laughs> right? I might call him up and tell him. Like if if it if we're not competitive this year, at least in a playoff spot, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, that's got to hurt the guy, right? And we know. Who well, that's we're talking the thing. About I the honestly game. don't believe that's going to be a problem. I I don't like no? the last couple of years. We've made the playoffs. Um, oh, you like what's not going to be the problem? Like making, making the, the playoffs. playoffs. Okay, I I, I agree think... with you. By the way, I agree. I think that's, but I think that's table stakes when you got the two most dynamic players in the game. Right. The the problem is like uh, when we started getting all those number one picks years and years ago, those guys, I found the same thing. They were just happy to be there and they were just waiting for everything to happen for them because they were all number one picks and young guys. It was like a flashback to the 80s when it was just a bunch of young kids coming up, but they had some sort of senior leadership there to help them through um, when it didn't happen. I was glad when they sort of just got rid of that era, the, all the number one pick eras. I always said to myself, the, the worst thing that could possibly happen to this team was continually coming ninth and 10th because then people would think, oh, we're just one or two pieces away. They needed to finish 28th, 29th so that people would realize, okay, something has to change. And then I thought it did. We got McDavid and Drysaddle and we ushered in this new era and something has changed a little bit to the point where, you know, it's kind of good that we're disappointed in play a playoff team in a way um so we have kind of taken that halfway step there's just something that needs to push these guys over the edge and that's going to be the struggle so whether that happens this year or next year i feel like it still could happen this year if somebody would just take this team on their back and decide that it's going to happen I guess that's why I ask about the coaching question. Is there something that's preventing these players from taking that step forward where they have that lack of leadership, that lack of identity that a coach could bring if he wanted, or is it some other problem? That's the thing I can't sort out because I'm not in the room, like I said, but, but it is one of those individuals that probably needs to go in order for this next chapter to happen. So Dash, you and I agree I don't think we're going to see Tippett go anywhere. Not unless it gets really bad. Like, if it looks like we're really going to... If we lose 10 more yeah, if straight we, yeah. and they're screaming fire Tippett in the building, like... Yeah, which, maybe. you know what, they might but anyway. Maybe. They might anyway. <laughs> it might be, you know, 5 of 10, they'll still be chatting that. That's Oilers, the Oilers fan 50 way. 50 of but 100 people yeah, in there. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I, I mean, what... Yeah, like... I think we both agree, I think, on that. I don't think we're going to see Tippett go anywhere, not not right away. Which like, might uh, be but, too bad. 
Um, because last year in the playoffs, game three and game four, it was easily he was running four players to death. Yeah. And the rest of the team was just filling in spaces. And how could you possibly feel like you were part of something if you were one of those other players? I, you know what? I 100% agree with you that know. comment. A hundred percent agree. And then it happened again. Like, you know, we were doing great at the start of the year and then they pressed the panic button. So let's see what these superstars can do. And that overtime against uh, New Jersey, maybe one of those overtimes, they played three and a half minutes and McDavid was on for three minutes and two seconds of it. And Dreisler was on for two minutes and 47 seconds of it, could barely move his legs. Like, let someone else have a shot at it. Honestly, you got to put if you want these guys to step up then you have to put them in places to succeed and help them step up and give them a chance to do it. You can't just run your guns to death and then say, oh, you guys go and try and help all of a sudden when when all of a sudden they can't. It has to be more planned out. It has to be more strategic than that. And I just don't see that happening right now at all with the way they're running the bench, the bench management. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm with you. I'm I'm. I agree on that. And, I, and I'm curious, though, Dash, because, I mean, we do, we agree he's not going anywhere. But if, it, yeah. if you were in the, uh, in, uh, in the driver's seat, Dash, would you let him go? Would you, would you pick if somebody was, else? Or, or you don't think, uh, you don't think to fix all the problems? Yeah. If, you, if, you if I was Mike Dashney or if I was Ken Holland? Well, if you were Mike Dashney and Ken Holland's seat. Yes. Um. Before security, you know, he's going to be a lot more patient <laughs> than I would be. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, look, guys, this is like you just remodeled your basement, Michael. Okay. This is like having a leaky basement in your house. And, and the problem with the water seeping into your basement is because you've got a shitty sump pump. You've got cracks in your walls. Your weeping tile doesn't work. Your, your windows don't seal. And you think that going and filling the cracks in the wall or are going to fix your basement and ultimately that's it's going to work for a little while what so we get a boudreaux bump maybe we get four or five six game bump that's that's not even a tenth of the season we got to fix the team the thing though you, that you i go, go back put to a band-aid on this and and expect it to just be better the thing, though, Dursa that I will action. go back to, Dursa though, wants is somebody is... fired and you want something to happen. Good. Fire him. We get a bump from who? Maurice isn't coming here. I don't want Babcock. Nobody wants Babcock. Who are we no, going to hire? All wants, they're going to do is promote somebody Babcock. from within. OK, so it's not Playfair. Playfair goes everywhere. Tippett goes. So if Tippett's gone, Playfair is gone. And you've got Gullickson. You're not bringing Woodcroft up from the minors at this point because then you ruin your minor league system. And you got to fill that back, backfill that position, too. So what are we really going to gain by having Glenn Gullickson coach this team? It's, it's just fixing the cracks in the walls. We need to fix the sump pump. We need to fix the weeping towel and we need to seal the windows. Like we need to put a plan in place. You guys have seen, you're a businessman, Michael. You, you, you need yeah, a plan. I, you can't just, you know, need your I, I, there's, there's a, ever. there's a couple of, well, I mean, it worked for St. Louis. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. It worked for St. Louis. You know, it's worked. I mean, you, I mean, I've shared with you, I mean, at every pretty much in the last 22 seasons, right. With the exception of four seasons, it was a first year, first year coach or a coach with very new tenure with the team that was in the finals. Right. The last four 
Stanley Cup Finals. Three, the last three had interim coaches. The fourth one beyond that was uh, Gallant with uh, Vegas. So that's new coach. I mean, that, yeah, I mean no. that one's maybe a bit of a cheat, but <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it's but the point is, is and 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 I go back to if I'm going to take a roster, Calgary or Edmonton, I'm going to take the Oilers roster with a different goaltender. That's the in my mind. That's probably our biggest area of concern outside of I. But I'm look. That's where it has I would to start, have, you guys. I would have fired Tippett after the playoffs last year. <laughs> like that's when that's when I would have let him go. That's and that's but why that's, I that's, that's why I want to see him go that's now. Fine. Right? That's why I want to see him go doesn't. now. I just I agree yeah. with that. Like you know, there, here's a guy that you know, and, and I said this earlier. The playoffs need to be table stakes for this team. When you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl out there and Darnell Nurse. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right? And Jesse Pugliarvi, right? Like, this is not a team of, of, you know, misfits. Those are some damn good players. Like, guys that, you know, any team would gladly take, right? And, you know, so, so the, the playoffs, you know, we should be making it there, right? Like, I think I could get behind the bench and get this team to the playoffs. Now, in the playoffs, whole different story, right? There's a reason why certain guys make it to the finals every year, because they know how to coach in the playoffs. What's Tippett's record in the in the playoffs? It's four four eighteen. Four eighteen and over six hundred in the regular season with the Oilers. Yeah. you know, what yeah, I mean? he's so like, like that's a he's a hell of a difference. regular season coach, right? Just like some guys are regular season players. Johnny Goudreau. In fact, <laughs> just because I love because I love picking on Goudreau tonight, he got hit a little bit. Uh, by Florida, and uh, he was back to being playoff Goudreau. Uh, so, you know, I mean, but anyway, like, that's exactly it. And to me, that's why if, if and, I, and I, I don't think Holland's going to do anything, unfortunately, but if it were up to me, I wouldn't even hesitate. I would have pulled the trick. Well, you know, Dash, I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks now. Yeah, this I, isn't I any have, different than yeah. what Josh is saying about us not being in the dressing room. We're yeah. not in the boardroom either, Michael. Like it's this is not even this is not even about like a uh you know has he lost the room? Tippett's to had me, every bit of his fingerprint on this team that Holland does. I don't right? think he has lost the room. He hasn't been given the personnel by his GM to do it. And the shitty thing about it is, is he's had his thumbprint on every bit of that personnel that's coming in. Riddle me this. Riddle me this. Here's some moves. Did Tippett have any influence on the re-signing or the initial signing of Mike Smith? Did Tippett have any? Did he have? Did any he have influence? any influence on that? For GM sure, move? he did. He had to. Okay. What about getting Duncan Keith? Well, we, you know, the the suspicion is Connor McDavid had influence on that, but. And Tippett both said that that was somebody yeah. that was very hard to play against. Yeah, we've had playoffs. this discussion early season, though. There were moves that we figured Tippett, like Tippett, definitely had the ear of of Holland, right? Like there were some Chris that, Russell, yeah. Signing yeah, Chris Russell, yeah. trading Bear, re-signing Cassian after putting him on the first line. So he, so he helps build signing the roster that he can't even get Tippett's them. hands are yeah. all over this. Why would Tippett pull the rug out from under him, and or why Holland. would Holland pull yeah. the rug out from under Tippett? Oh, he's, when he's not made going half to. Of he's move? not going to. That he's part not. we agree on. It's. I mean, this is all like academic because Holland I, hasn't I, fired anybody mid-season. Yeah. Is an entire twenty-five 
yeah, it your doesn't general surprise magic. me. And we're not getting a like I hate to break it to the listeners and viewers of heavy hockey, but uh, of Oilers Live, but we're not getting a goalie. I mean, that's not <laughs> like like we're not. There's there there's a possibility out there, and uh, but uh, you know, and I want to be wrong. I want to be wrong, but I posted all of the players that he's traded for while he's been with the Oilers. I, I could go back to the time he was with Detroit. And he hasn't done anything in terms of trade to get big players. He's not been involved in any big trades. That's not his We're style. We're too far down the and path, hey, too, Michael. I'm all right with we'll that. We'll get bent if, over a barrel now. Yeah, if you're, if he's a developer, and he's good at it. He's the most patient man in hockey. He's good at it. Yep. Right? He'll, he'll, he'll get guys like, you know, the Fogels of this world and try to build a team. The unfortunate is Oilers fans don't want to wait and I don't, I'm not sure that our stars want to wait as long as we have to wait um, for Holland to, you know, really put his mark on it. And, uh, and that's, and I just, I can't see, sorry, Josh, I'm like, I'm completely drowning you out, man. You're like, no, you're absolutely not. I'm taking this all in. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, what's experience. your thought? I mean, so there are some goalies out there that are possibilities, right? The, the first thing I'll admit right now is that I was happy when they resigned Smith. I really thought, you could get any goalie three years ago. And Sorry, it I muted helped. you at that moment. You said that. What were you happy about? <laughs> go on, go on, go on. Yeah, I get that a lot from my wife, too. Um, <laughs> she, she, I was saying, I was happy with the Smith signing. I was really happy. I'll admit it. I, I loved that they signed Smith because at the time, I thought they could put their money to better use. No goalie was going to help that roster. You could have the greatest goalie in the world, but it wasn't going to fix the issues they had. They needed to put that money towards something else. And I thought that they did that. Um, you know, you can look at pick and choose players that you don't like or like now, yeah. and did they spend the money the right way? But I thought it was the right choice to spend the money where they spent it. Um, so I'm still okay with Mike Smith. I'm still under the belief that in a different environment, Mike Smith would be capable enough to at least get them out of the first round. I mean, that's what we're talking about here, really. That is, is what Mike we're talking Smith's about. really not a first round capable goalie. And yeah, you obviously want to get them further than that, but surely something had to give. You don't get swept by the Jets in the first round without there being more issues than what you put on the table. Yeah. Um, like Mike Smith wasn't the problem to me. Everyone wanted to blame Mike Smith last year, but I was already looking and going, we were two games down. There was no compete until halfway into game three. And then a little bit of panic in game four. The, the, yeah. Mike Smith was not the biggest problem that we had. It was he the way played, the team he was wasn't playing. A problem. Yeah. yeah. And the problem, like the, what I noticed the most is the difference between playoffs and regular season. And I talked about it before, but the little things, the Oilers would actually get the puck to the net and as soon as they were about to take that shot, a Jets player would come in with a desperation stick and just catch enough of that piece of it to stop a player from getting a clean shot. They wouldn't even necessarily win all the races to the pucks, but when the, once they got there, they would win the battle for it. There was all these little signs all over the ice. And even a guy like McDavid, who is not the greatest face-off player anyway, but he went into the playoffs, I think, at 49%. And in the playoffs, he was like something really like 30 seven percent or something how do you drop 10 to 12 percentage points in your face-off percentage 
in that just one game. Hey, like, two regular, seasons, regular he's been season, outplayed by Drysaddle in the playoffs, right? Because Drysaddle ended up having to take yeah. his faceoffs because yeah. Drysaddle was a better faceoff man. But even even if you're bad at faceoffs, you don't drop 12 percentage points without uh, all of a sudden being outcompeted like at a different level than you normally were before. Like your Connor McDavid bear down a little bit and at least stay at a 44%. And am I, am I blaming Connor McDavid for the playoff loss? Absolutely not. Like, I don't mean to say that. I'm just saying that everywhere down the line, there's a difference between playoff competitor and a regular season competitor. And we saw that with the Jets. The Jets swept the Oilers, and then they got swept by the Canadians who lost out in the finals by Tampa. In, in Like, it was pretty easy for them to happen. Yeah. Um, there was one other point I was going to bring into this that I can't quite remember what it was. Well, oh, okay. Duncan uh, Keith. Oh, sorry, go Duncan ahead. Keith. Yep. Just Duncan one Keith. more thing. Yeah. Is uh, you said McDavid had something to do with getting Duncan Keith. And it was funny to me because when I heard that report uh, about Duncan Keith coming, and it was partly because those some of those players said he was really hard to play against net in the playoffs. And that's the kind of player they wanted on their team. And I'm thinking, if you take a step back, he was really hard to play against as a non-playoff team that only got into the playoffs because of the play-in round. Then they lost the play-in round to this, and then that team got destroyed in the real first round. Yeah. And that's the player you want on your team. That's the level you want to be at. Thank you. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. You have to set your sights higher, believe you can do it. You know, you don't have to suck up to Dash here, hey? Like, <laughs> like I, he I don't hate Keith. Keith I don't hate the signing. But it was just funny to me that that was their reasoning because he was hard to play against. There are so many guys in that league that are hard to play against that have gone yeah. further in the playoffs in the last six years than Duncan Keith, right? Like, all right, guys. Yeah, interference was hard to play against. How did that work out? <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. We got uh, we got a couple comments on on some of the uh, different platforms here. Uh, Jeremy on YouTube says, "Hey, gents, if this isn't the all-in year for the team, what goalie should Holland have his eyes on in 2022-23?" And I, you know, I'll bring in um, Shannon uh, on Facebook. His uh, his comment uh, is, uh, "Go with Skinner and Smith as his mentor for now." Um, cause those can possibly be, uh, related questions. So who do you guys think Colin should have his eyes on for 2022, 2023 or, uh, or, I mean, the, the other piece to this is if you still believe that Holland's got it in him to trade for a goalie, Josh, I don't think Holland cares about public pressure too much. No, definitely. So I, I, you know, if he decides he wants to get a goalie, he will. But like you said, historically, he hasn't been quick to, to pull the trigger on any of this stuff. Um, I heard reports today that they were looking for a goalie. But I mean, if that if there was a more evergreen tweet that in the universe <laughs> that there ever was, the Oilers yeah. are looking for goaltending. I mean, who do you believe? Right. So I, I just yeah. don't think he's going to care what anyone says. Uh, unless it comes directly from his dressing room and there's bigger problems than we know of that are out there. Uh, I don't I don't know what he has in mind, and I'm not sure he knows what he has in mind at this point because he was probably pretty set with what he had to begin with. So, and, and Dash, he'll, he'll come to you, but um, Josh, is there a goalie that you would target? I mean, and, and maybe I can start because there's, there are a couple couple of goalies. I haven't, uh, I've heard some people say recently that Fleury wouldn't, wouldn't uh would waive a trade to um 
to Edmonton. So I don't know if he's in or out, but obviously Fleury has been on the radar. All As year. in Edmonton would be on his 10 team, no trade list. That's right. Yeah. I've heard, I don't know if that's true or not. I have got nothing to back that up. And, and uh, I think I might've saw it in just a couple of tweets or something like that. You know how reliable Twitter is as per Garfield. Um, <laughs> I heard you had a meeting with him. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. Garfield and I always, uh, but, uh, so there's flurry obviously on there. Here's, here's an interesting one that I was thinking about today. What about Varlamov in, uh, on the Island there, right? Like they've obviously they've, um, you know, they're, they're likely not, uh, going to make the, uh, playoffs this year, the Islanders, uh, they've got, uh, you know, a good up and coming goalie, uh, in, uh, Shesterkin or, uh, Sorokin, Sorokin sorry. I always get those two mixed up. Uh, Varlamov could be, um, could be on, you know, the right thing again. No, I mean, this goes to my original point. Holland's not, you know, he's not apt to make big trades. And, and, uh, to me, that's a, a first rounder plus, right. Um, you know, lots of people want Varlamov, no doubt. Islanders, I think he'll be, they'll be, you know, sellers at the deadline. Uh, Varlamov's one I t- I've talked about Vizmelka. Uh, with Phoenix, uh, but he's you know the only thing he is is better than what we've got today in Koskinen, I think, um, and we don't know what Vejmelka brings. So if you know if the risk is low, as in uh, um, Arizona just takes whatever they can get for him, uh, then I think it's worth worth the um, maybe you know I would I would love it if I thought I don't think Holland's gone out there and lost trades. Uh, maybe Keith. Maybe the Keith trade in terms of not taking any salary or taking the full salary rather, but um he's not really like a a trade savvy guy, right? That you know, he you know, comes out of uh say a Vizmelka trade and, and ends up uh getting rid of Koskinen in the process and having Arizona eat some of that contract, right? Um that's not how Holland operates quite well. He just doesn't seem to get the get those kind of trades done. So anyway, those are my thoughts. Dash. It uh, doesn't lose trades. Well, Anthony Sioux for two seconds certainly wasn't a win. Um, I, I mean, there's more to that Anthony Sioux though, right? I mean, what did we get to see him for nine games? Was it? I, uh, yeah. I, I, I just, I think that's. How's he doing now? <laughs> yeah. Um, Fair. You know, who do we go out and get? What, what's the goaltending fix? I mean, the ultimate pie in the sky goaltending fix is, is that Stuart Skinner is the answer. Um, I'm not sure that he is. I don't think he is. So what do you do? You got to make a trade or you go to free agency. <clears throat> Those are your options. If you're going to make a trade right now, you're looking at the rest of the NHL laughing at us because they know how badly we need it. And if you don't think that most of the GMs will bend us over a barrel, what do you think Lou Lamarillo is going to do, bud? Like Varlamov might cost us two seconds by the time Holland gets out of that room or two firsts by them, you know, like it's. Yeah. I, I, I look, I don't, so it's I don't think Holland is Holland's in on that, but no, that's I know, I'd be but, going I just, after. Yeah, but what else is there? Like if we're going to get a goaltender in a trade, it has to be from a bottom team because like a contender's not trading their starting goalie. So and likely the, nobody in our, the sellers out there aren't really ha- owning goalies that are going to help us. So free agents, well, Mark andre Fleury is a free agent at the end of the year. You just said he doesn't want to come here. 
Darcy Kemp. I don't know a free that agent. for sure, by the way. Palak, Corpusalo, Schneider, Holtby. None of those. Riddich? <laughs> Corpusalo is an interesting one. to the final. No, he's not. Corpusalo is no better Well, he's than better Koskinen. than what we got. Yeah, I think he's better than Koskinen. Uh, historically, their stats are almost identical. So I don't know what the answer is. Um, I agree with Shannon that, that you call up Skinner and you make Smith mentor him. Um, you know, I mentioned to you guys earlier that, you know, you're, you're trying to fix five holes in the boat with one bandaid. And I don't think that's the issue. You got to fix all the holes and fix all the, you know, the whole boat. And, and unfortunately that might take a little bit of time. There is no quick fix to fixing your five on five and your leaky defense, you know, and your effort and your culture and your poor starts. But I think uh, the first step is is calling up Stuart Skinner and sending Koskinen down to the minors and uh, never looking back. I, I think we need to know what we have in Skinner at this point in time. You know, you, me, Josh, I, I'm not sure the Oilers know what we have in, in Skinner truly. So let's find out. You know, if he's going to be our Bennington or our Cam Ward or whatever, then hallelujah. Oh, we that's found a lot him to ask. Yep. God bless him. <laughs> Jesus, that's a lot to ask. And I don't think he's that guy anyways. So. I don't know what the answer is, but if I was to make the plan for this team, it would start right there. Uh, it has to start in goal. So the only option we have other than getting bent over a barrel is, is throwing Skinner back in there. He's been our best goalie this year. So you, you put Skinner in, you figure out how to play five on five and you stop giving up the first fucking goal. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but, you're like you're saying you can't you know you're not patching you know you got to patch the five holes one by one right so coaching is one of them patch it patch it today like you know yeah What's there's five answer, holes then, but you got to you got to patch it today you can't continue Katie, on with you fired this him like, gm he bear uh, just fired him who do you hire now well I, I, it doesn't matter take the take the change right take the interim coach have gulletson Get Woodcroft, right? Whatever. Just take the uh, take the change, and do it right away. And then, I mean, interim coaches have been interim coaches for however long they need to be interim, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's just you finish the the year there. You got you're you're going on to a thirteen day break right away, right? That's enough time for uh, obviously you let Tippett uh, coach in Toronto. Although, again, I mean, here's the Oilers. If I'm the Oilers, I'm lobbying to make sure that game doesn't get played tomorrow. <laughs> right? Like, it seems like every other team got to say we're going to postpone because of COVID, but the Oilers seem to want to play through all that shit. And um, we'll see. Lots to talk about still. I mean, we haven't even... We're, we're uh, 45 minutes in, and uh, we haven't even talked about uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, testing positive on a rapid test we'll see what happens tomorrow uh but he's tested positive him and um and ryan uh so they were off uh off the ice today what's the word on this I, and you guys tell me because i i wanted to look into it i didn't have time did the flames postpone their games or was it the league that postponed them i think it was the league and i think it was because they had there was a trigger point like six or seven players or something on protocol at once and then uh, i think the flames hit it in spades yeah i i mean i think there were teams though that were at the same level as edmonton that were and and maybe it was just acknowledged that 
there were going to be more in the Flames dressing room. I think there was always five or six was the minimum before you could postpone yeah. a game. I'm not sure that there was any games postponed with less than that. Well, we need to. I could be wrong. I mean, you know, the Oilers don't. The Oilers toe the line, right? We're going to ask uh, Josh. I mean, you know the uh, NHL rule book reasonably well with, uh, you know, doing this through Tough Call Pod. Uh, Dash had a question um, for a resident ref on the Heavy Hockey Network, uh, which was uh, the other night in OT, uh, Koskinen sitting in the blue paint, goes, makes a little bit of a pick, but he's in the blue paint, and he gets knocked down. Interference? Not interference. You know, I hate when goalies do that. Just stay out of the way. Those players are allowed to go through the crease in, if they're, if as long as you're playing your escape route out, you're fine. And, and if 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 a goalie happens to step out at the last minute and move, it's just like a player out. If you if you stay in your path and, and they run into you, it's fine. But as soon as you deviate from your path a little bit and set like a pick, then it's a penalty on you. Um, so I don't necessarily see that there was anything wrong with what. what Sezikis did I also though don't think I watched it again today uh, I don't think there was that much wrong with what Koskinen did to be honest with you he pushed out but I don't think he pushed out and meant to do as much as what happened uh, when I watched the play closely Sezikis' stick actually he was trying to to pull it out in front of Koskinen but because Koskinen made a slight shift it didn't quite get out far enough and actually jammed into the toe of his pad and that's Koskinen actually lurched forward into Sezika's shoulder. So it looked like he took a way bigger dive than, than he really did. Yeah, um, but he also did step into the path. So I felt a no call both ways was actually pretty fair because neither player really meant to have the outcome that happened. It was just one player, Sezika's trying to get to the corner and Koskinen trying to do a little bit of gamesmanship and, and get in his path. And it's so funny because about, Literally 10 seconds before that, the same thing happened. But Koskinen, instead of stepping out, he just sort of held his arm up and used a stick to guide the player away. Yeah. So it was almost the exact same thing with no contact. So it, it, that was extra funny to me. And I think Koskinen was just as surprised with what happened uh, as Sezikis was. And so I thought it was a good no call either way. Koskinen's surprised about 30 Couldn't times a game every time the shot's puck <laughs> shot at him. So, you know what's yeah. funny? The next game, very next game, he took a blatant dive. Uh, I can't oh, yeah, yeah. Than that, but yeah, yeah, it was a blatant dive. And I even tweeted out once. It's like, it's so sad for Koskinen because even that deflection goal off the skates, where it should have been just like in the net without any blame on him at all, he still got this agonizingly little piece of it and couldn't make the save. And it's like, yeah. is that not a typical Koskinen goal? Like, he shouldn't have even had a shot at it. And it's still barely just squeezed through. And the other ones yeah. that you should have also just barely squeezed through. It's kind of frustrating, but it was just yeah. funny to see. So, Josh, there's something uh, Dash has been talking about. We go back to this uh, goaltending thing, which you did. Uh, how far back did you go on this, Dash, with the, uh, with the goaltenders? Stanley Cup winners? Yeah. 30 <laughs> years. 30 years. So in 30 <laughs> years, what's the, what was the result of, of what you looked at? There's been two... T- Two teams that have won the Stanley Cup that haven't had a homegrown goalie in net. So, and you got to go all the way to Patrick Waugh is the second winning it in Colorado. 
you know, of wow. all the Matt Murray's of all the flurries of all the quicks of all the Crawford's of all every Stanley cup winner that Cam Ward, they're all homegrown <laughs> yeah, goalies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had a little chuckle here because uh, Mr. T on uh, YouTube says we'd be in such a different place if Anton Forsberg wasn't taken away from us by Carolina last year. <laughs> the or savior. Markstrom by the Calgary. Savior. Yeah, or Markstrom by Calgary. Uh, Markstrom, on the other hand, I mean, that would have been a good pickup. He's, uh, he made, he made uh, 39 saves tonight in a six-goal <laughs> six game. Did I, did I mention that Panthers beat the Flames tonight? Anyway. Uh, we got to get some joy, right? I mean, my second favorite team won tonight. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. So we got the Maple Leafs up next, guys. Uh, you know, I mean, this is uh, it could be without McDavid. Uh, I know Shannon's listening in on Facebook. He he suggested on Twitter uh, that maybe that's a good thing, right? Like maybe uh, and and look. <laughs> I mean, it's never a good thing to take the best player in the league out of your lineup, but it you're you know you're on a I don't even I don't even know what the our record is in the last ten is it a two and ten or something right? You're on a two and ten run. Two ten and two in the last twelve. Yeah, two ten and two 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 ten and two run. Two and eight in the last ten. Uh, you know, like you need somebody to step up. You're about to go on a bit of a long break. Is it is it not worth it for? Yeah, I mean, it, maybe it's good. I'm not going to say is it not worth it, but is this not the time where you want to see maybe Connor McDavid step out of the lineup in a game that we're expected to lose? Let's be honest, right? Like you're not you. We weren't expected to win in New York, and we're not expected to win in Toronto. So taking Connor McDavid out of the lineup maybe gives somebody the opportunity to step up. I said the same thing earlier today. I was talking to my brother, and I 1,000% said that's the best thing that could happen to them right now. Let someone tip it. you got to use your roster. Figure something else out. Use some of these guys. Put them in places where they're uncomfortable and see how they handle it. And I bet you some of them will flourish. Just like last night, we had our bottom guys be some of the top guys against the Rangers club of all things, right? That's when we saw the emergence of Yamamoto, right? Let them play. Yeah. Give them a chance. Let them do what they do and see what happens. You it, it, you can't set them up for failure and then call them failures. You now, I'm not saying you take McDavid out of the lineup willingly ever in your lifetime. Ever, ever, ever. What the hell is wrong think, with but, you two? But. Do you live out east too, Josh? <laughs> I hope lightning strikes both of your houses down. What McDavid, you're better without McDavid? No, nobody Put said that. Put me on that. mute. Nobody what what, said what podcast that. are we on here, <laughs> Nobody said we're better without McDavid. There is no Nobody. part of me you will ever Nobody. convince that this is a good time to not have McDavid in the lineup. I don't no, know. We I, need McDavid more than we've ever needed McDavid. Yeah. We need McDavid to be McDavid. It and could stop be being... a good thing for the lineup, though. Well, you, you know what? Let me ask you this, Mike. You brought this up in the first five minutes of the, the show, and you were talking about the, the, the potential problems that are out there, and then you hinted at maybe there being a dressing room problem. What were you alluding to? Well, I'm not alluding to anything. I'm saying that's one of the things out there, right? Like that's one uh, of the things you hear people are talking about, right? Like you and you've heard it. I mean, you you know, there's there's folks out there, and you know, it drives me insane because I don't think they 
you know, we need another thing uh, for McDavid or for Drysidel to, you know, uh, give the ticket on their way out. But you know, there are people that you know are worried that McDavid's not a leader, right? And and that's he's not. Quiet. I'm not one of them. No, I'm not one of them. And I think s- there's there's two uh, there's two different uh, there's two different McDavid. There's okay. media McDavid and there's off the record McDavid. And to Josh's yeah, point earlier, it's hard to talk about the in the dressing room because um, absolutely, you know, it's not. Um, it, it, we just we just can't we can't know, right? And and look, we can't know. We've seen the Instagrams with McDavid partying with the guys. Like he's he's a fun guy, right? Like I think players like him. Uh, I but I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Shannon but I've heard on Tippett uh, in a post game interview that talks about. Um, Today he was asked, who, who do you look to for leadership in the dressing room to get you through times like this? <laughs> Guess who he said, Michael? Who did he say? Oh, Duncan Keith. Yeah, that's great. That's the type of leadership we're looking to. That, that gets us. That's your favorite to, coach right there saying that. Eight record. Oh, <laughs> that's your favorite coach right there. losing Dad. streak and a three-game losing streak. Well, that's the type of leadership we're getting in the dressing room from Duncan Keith. I don't know. Like, I don't think we're going to point the finger at Connor and say he's not a good captain. I mean, he's quiet. No, right? he doesn't always lead by example. He's not going to scream and yell. He's not going to be. But that's why we have Smith. He took that role of Hendricks that can go in the dressing room and, you know, shake things up a little bit. But why don't we have that anymore? What's uh, missing? Uh, Jones. <laughs> Ryan, Jones. Ryan Jones. Ryan Jones. That's what's missing. Ryan that's Jones a, and Ryan Smith. First, we just need a little more mullet. A, that's the first guy that came to mind. Oh man, Sean Horkoff. We need more Sean Horkoff. Grit. Uh, Shannon <laughs> on Facebook says grit. Let's. This is a good transition to the identity yeah. of the team, the culture. We've talked about it. We've kind of gone that gone that route today. Yeah. Here's the and you know I again I you know I go. Every time that I like and I listen, as I say, you know, a lot of media around the league, they talk about and they, they always mention it. You listen to guys talk about another team and they talk about, you know, whatever. Mike Sullivan's Penguins. This is how they play. This is a Mike Sullivan coach team. Right. Yeah. This Barry is a Trotz Sutter is coach team. This tough is a to Trotz coach team. Yeah. yeah. When's the last time you heard this is a Tippett coach team? Like. I maybe I'm not listening to the right guys. I don't know. Maybe I need more Stoffer in my life. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> but like nobody, we just we don't have an identity. And I'm not look whether it's a Tippett coach team or not doesn't matter. But we don't have an identity. That's got to. You're right. I agree with you, Dash. There's there's five different holes in this boat. They all need to be patched. Maybe ten. Maybe twenty holes. Who knows? The boat's sinking. Uh, but the team itself, I like, you know, I, I haven't heard word of it yet, but usually they, they'll say, you know, Stauffer will come out with the team had a, a closed door meeting, no coaches allowed. We haven't heard that yet. Maybe, maybe they have, maybe they haven't. I mean, we typically hear it from somebody, but. Well, when was the last yes. time we had any Oilers team? Like not just tip it. I remember almost like I've been a lifelong nineties. Growing up as a kid, watching them, even when they were losing, they were fun to watch. I liked their style. I liked who they were as a franchise. It's been a long time since I've felt like they were fun to watch in a way that I thought it was going to go anywhere. 
Um, it was to the point where I actually wrote an article once going, at what is the turning point that justifies you actually changing teams that you cheer for? At what point can you justify it? And it's... Well, you pick your team when you're 11 years old. You know? <laughs> right? right? That's, you're stuck with it, unfortunately. doesn't matter if you got to cry yourself to sleep the next 10 11, years of your life. I was life. wearing a onesie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just, there, there's been no way. I was no wearing a onesie last time. night, so I don't know. That's, that's never end. Uh, oh, man. They call Keep him a hockey socky. Thanks. They call him a hockey socky. Uh, Norm McIver. I never, uh, Shannon brings Norm, <laughs> Norm McIver led them in scoring and they lost, but they were fun to watch. You know what? Wow. I mean, that's right. Uh, look, the late nineties Oilers, man, eh? that was like, that was good, fun hockey to watch. Wasn't it? It was. I mean, I mean I even into like the early 2000s a little. Like that, but, uh, <laughs> still good, good, fun hockey to watch. You're right. I mean, there's no identity to this team. Not I don't today. know what it is. We're run and gun, maybe, you know, we're, we're that track meet team. We got to live and die by the run. We're a good power play team, you know, but that, that's not, an, none of those things are an identity that wins you a Stanley Cup, right? It's like a sound defensive team, you know, a team that relies mm. on their goaltending. And that's who wins cups. Yeah. What would you do with, with Benson, guys? Put him on McDavid's wing. I'm not kidding. He's it's the only right. guy skating out there. He deserves a chance. He's got a good hockey IQ. He's got skill. Man, he's kind of like would. he's. I'm not kidding. He has. I uh, put him on the first line to start a game too. He's the only one skating. He he is the one. He's like, he's the one guy that's impressed me. Right. He's taken some dumb penalties this year, and 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 you know why? Because he cares, <laughs> right? Like because he's out yeah. there trying to like do shit. And he's and he's over competing some nights, and he takes some dumb penalties. But that's the kind of character you need on this team right now. We need a, we need point, way more Bensons. This Oilers team. I remember coaching a junior game, and I was looking at my lineup. I had a very decent team, and it just wasn't clicking for whatever reason. We were having a terrible night, and I always told them at the start of the year, I don't care who you are. If you're playing well, you're going to play. I'm a four-line coach. I always have been. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at my bench, and I got two guys that are playing really well and one that's not, like, that's doing okay, and the rest are just garbage. Why are you even here? So I said, go. Go up. And I put those three out. They never played together all year. Just I don't care what position you are. Just go out and do just do something. It Give me still some hurt, energy. Josh, when you called me garbage. I just want you to know. Still <laughs> no, hurt. No, no, no. Still hurt. Um, to this so, day, I've never got over it. I'd probably be in the show today, not for that. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, while they were on the ice, I just said to the guys in the bench, they're going to play until someone else tells me they want to go out. If you want to follow this ride, you go out and do what they do, and if you don't, you're going to go right to the back. And whoever the next three to put their hand up were, I didn't care who they were, forwards, defense, doesn't matter. Go out. Go. Show me what you got. They come off. I put the same three that went out. I put them right back at the door again. I said, go again. Anyone else want to join this ride? Anyone else want to get on the bus? And we had one of the greatest periods we had all season because I didn't, I was rewarding, you know, the identity that I wanted, the values that I had in a player. And one of the yeah. things that I always hate going into like a game seven or something, the announcers always say, oh, you got to, now you really got to ride your stars for this one. And I'm thinking, why? You, you all year you played players in certain spots and they did the job. 
why wouldn't you just go with who's hot in that game seven, no matter who it is? Why do you have to ride your stars, lose or fail? Well, and you said something earlier, which is those those guys that you're sitting on the bench, those are the guys that got you there. Exactly. Yeah. Why what are you squeezing the boat what, when it matters What message most? is that? Yeah, what message are you sending? I agree 100%. Yeah, I think that's well said. Uh, we got some uh, comments here. Let's see. Facebook's lighting up tonight. We got some on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, people talk all talk about all sorts of things yeah true um <laughs> uh shannon I, when we were talking about leadership uh ryan jones jason smith man i you know what i love jones <laughs> he's still playing right in germany or something some german league uh yeah dursa gretzky wasn't messy in terms of leadership but he was a great captain in his own right yeah agreed um shannon Oh, man, Shannon, like you had me before, but then he said something, Dash just nailed it. I don't know what it was, but Uh-oh, obviously. I must have, like, wow. He's my favorite fan. Dursa says. Uh, He's a very intelligent person. <laughs> very, yeah. yeah. Must have, he must have got us mixed up somehow. Uh, there's life goes by that Shannon doesn't say I'm right about something, Michael. <laughs> Dursa says Benson is uh, Sevier with better hands. Yeah. Shannon, else this is a good point. Shannon brings up here. Benson's a kid, right? Crosby took bad penalties his first year or two. I mean, he's no Crosby, but he, you know, it. You I mean, know, it's a fair you point, take right? That one game where Benson yeah. took two offensive zone penalties seven seconds apart. You take those two penalties away, and it hasn't been that. Bad. No, but even though, yeah, like, I like that. I remember when he games. did that. Outside of that, he did that because he was trying too hard. Sure, he was the only person hitting that game. Right? Yeah, like, uh, like I remember that. I remember smacking my head, thinking, "Like, damn it, Benson!" Finally, but somebody does something, time, we get penalized for it. At the same time, that was just it. Like, that's the yeah. that's the kind of moment where you take him off to the side and you say, "Hey, buddy, like that's some good compete out there, but be a little bit smarter, kid. Now get out there and and do us right." You know, like I, re- you know, that's when you you start the guy in the third period. <laughs> you don't bench him. Right, like start them in the third period and say, you know what, you took two shit penalties. Now go redeem yourself. Mm. Right, like I don't know. I'm not. You know, I'm not the coach. I haven't coached junior. You coached junior, Josh. I mean, you do that, right? That's the kind of thing you do. That's a that's a good teaching moment for these guys. It is, and I mean, I'm not some like uh, bag or bants or anything. I'm like a guru. I'm sure there's some players <laughs> out there that were just like whatever, but. <laughs> the idea is to make the kids want to come back. Um, you know, I'm into big, big into minor hockey, and that's my main job is to make these people want to come to the ring. And if you can't have at least that, even when things are going wrong, if you can't, I remember there was one uh, professional soccer game. I can't remember the two teams, but and it was super tight, really dirty stuff on the field, and it was like one of the it was two one, and the coach that was losing was standing next to the other coach on the sideline, and they kind of looked over and smiled and the other guy was like well, what are you like your team's losing there's like 10 minutes left this game is crazy there's so much animosity he couldn't help but ask him what are you smiling for and he goes isn't this great isn't this so fun to be part of and it's like yes that's what it's all about you just enjoy the moments and be proud to be there and have a little pride in what you do Right. And there's something that's just, it's not fun to be around or watch right now. And there's just something that's got to kick in that, that gets a little enjoyment, a little spark. So whether it's 
taking some moment that you'd normally be really mad at and really skate the guys or whatever. Sometimes it's best to just reset and say, you know what, guys, we're all professionals. We all know things aren't going well. Let's just start now. Day one. Here we go. Let's try something different. You know, inject something. Try so something. Shannon commented because obviously he felt like he didn't want to be tagged with always thinking you're right, Dash. He, <laughs> he, um, he said uh, putting Benson on, on the top line with, uh, with McDavid is what he agreed with. And I, I take that to mean he hasn't agreed with you on anything else, uh, but he definitely. You know, Josh said something interesting for me where, yeah. you know, he's talking about running out his lines and, and sending guys out on the ice that, you know, what your junior players had in that moment was they understood the definition of, of what hard work and effort was you know, whether it was those first three guys that went out and, and set the pace or raised the bar, I don't know. But here's what I think the others are missing and why I don't think Tippett can do what you did in that situation. I listen to the guys in the post-game interviews, and what scares the shit out of me is when I hear Dreisaitl and Tippett and guys saying, we had a good effort, we played a good game, we just, you know, we didn't get the bounces. Are you shitting me? He said that after the Islanders game, and I just what fell off my chair. Like you guys didn't get a shot for over fifteen minutes. How can you think that effort is anywhere close to? There good was enough? no bounce on that. <laughs> there was no bounce on that. You know what Come I'm on. saying, guys? Like how? Yeah, no, hundred. Maybe their definition of what effort is required or whatever there isn't realistic. I don't know. Like, is That's is there something point. missing there? The only thing that I could possibly use to explain that is that. There's something like um, Mike alluded to was the, the media version of players and what happens in the dress room. I can only yeah. hope that that message is a little bit different behind closed doors. That's my only way to explain that. And I'm not so sure that's the case based on the results, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, I can see, you know, getting lazy in an interview and just giving boxed answers. But that there was a, a consistent theme through. I 100%. I agree totally with what you're saying there. Sorry. Sorry, I don't. <laughs> so, uh, add another one to the list, Michael. Shannon's got. Uh, yeah, believe me, I've, I've chalked him up. We're at four now. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Shannon's got a good point. Uh, so does Dursa. Um, or a good question. Uh, do you guys think Tippett is making Koski worse uh, when he always praises Smith, even when Smith is off? I mean, it can't help with his confidence. That's um, from Shannon on Facebook. Uh, Dursa says, um, and this is just a, a statement, is um, get your name on the score sheet any any way you can, right? Third period against Islanders, no shots, no hits, no penalties, no shot blocks from the whole team. Uh, 100% agree with that. Um, and he might be alluding to Benson taking those penalties yeah. or whatever, right? Get on the uh, score sheet any way you can. But uh, I'm not sure the name... Uh, Black Masakari uh, says Dry still looked like a zombie in that post game interview. Probably autopilot. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, the, yeah. and I agree, and I thought that after the Dry interview. But then when Tippett said the same things, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Did they all really sit and think? This I yeah, I can't stand when a coach comes out and says that. Like drives me nuts. It's all right for us as fans to say shit. It would be nice to get a little bit of puck luck. But you guys, I mean, you've stepped on the ice before, like you. You know, you make your own luck, right? It's it's the, it's my comment about penalties, right? Like, it drives me nuts that we're not getting any calls against us. But at the same time, make them call them. 
Mm. Right? Like yeah. the the, the we ended up scoring uh in the you know when the hand went up and and they called the hook against Yamamoto, but he drove to the net. <laughs> right? Like when you're going two games without anybody even so much as touching the goalie, you're not going to get a call, guys. Sorry. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, it, uh, these guys that, like, the dirtiest teams seem to be the ones that they call the penalties against, or, or for, rather, four. right? And, and it's, because, it's because the other team's pissed off. They're taking penalties, right? Like, it's, you got it. Like, it, at least if you take, like I said, you know, and, and this goes against tough call pod, but if you're going to take a penalty, you know, if it's going to be a weak trip that you take, Give the guy a slash after, damn it, <laughs> right? Make it worthwhile. You know what, though, Michael? What you're right? saying is true, but at the same time, <clears throat> when you fall behind in every single game, you can't take penalties. Like, you're no, just going to put I, your well, team exactly. in the worst situation. No, I 100% I agree. what you're saying is, is correct on a team that didn't give up the first goal in 23 of 33 games. But I'm saying if, you're, if the penalty's already been made, right? If penalty's already been called, then takes try to take somebody with you. At least piss somebody off enough that yeah. the next time you're out there, they're looking for you, right? Like, yeah. do something, right? Have a little bit of heart. Play with a little... Like, I don't know. If you're going to go into Toronto, like, do something different. Tell the guys, like, tell the guys to go out there. And if you're, like, shit, I don't know. Do something different. Say, we're going to get scored against first tonight, guys, like we always do. But make that first penalty count, right? Not, not taking shit. penalties right now isn't helping. Yeah, yeah like, not, not there's shit going on first. They're not taking yeah. penalties, and it's not helping. Yeah. As a player, again, as a player, I was completely different. I'm tapping the guy at the face-off on the top of the laces. Yeah. If I have to. If, if things are going well, I'm not doing anything to anybody. Exactly. Because I don't want to stir that pot. Yeah. But as, if I, I need as to, they say on MSG, just decide to take no penalties. <laughs> one of my favorite places to be was right on top of the goalie like you're saying at a whistle and i'm giving that glove tap to the glove at the same time as the whistle and then as soon as the whistle blows i didn't do anything and then someone comes and hits me look look the whistle the whistle wasn't blown i was just going for the puck whatever i was not exactly. going for the puck somebody would punch me in the face get a penalty and you're laughing all the way to the power play so, but you can't do that sometimes you go with them at worst it's four on four who cares you took your chance you know, there, there are little things that something needs to give here. It's been too many games in a row with, uh, without things happening. But at the same time, I was talking to somebody today going, you know, if they, if they happen to beat the Leafs, all of a sudden in 2022, they have points in three of their last four games and only one regulation <laughs> loss, yeah, right? I know. But, However you spin it, right? What do you, However what do you, you spin it, it's all good. It's all good. Oh, I mean, man. we do. We got to try something different. You're right. You know, you guys keep mentioning Calgary like you're their biggest fans here so far Gosh, tonight. Don't make me come through the screen at you. Well, hey, <laughs> you're the one me. who's brought them up four times. You know, oh but God. ultimately, a change in strategy has Johnny Hockey at plus twenty one this season. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like, Shaking. clearly, there's ways to get guys playing the right way if you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and yeah, and it's got to be done. Hey, look. I like I want I, knowing Tippett's not going anywhere likely. I want him to succeed. I want him to prove me wrong. A lot of ways this team's got to go. All right guys, we're um well over my hour time limit here. 
<laughs> let's uh, let's just uh, quickly chat. Uh, Dash um, thoughts on the game tomorrow night, assuming it goes ahead. No McDavid. I can't go back on my last prediction uh, when I was on your show last week when we did the year in review. I said that we'd go one and four on the road trip and we'd lose to the all three New York teams. So unfortunately, I was right. And in order to do that, we're going to have to beat the Leafs. So I'm going to I'm going to say what I said a week ago and that we're going to pull that one out. I also said that it was because Connor would want to show up Matthews, but I guess that strategy is out the door. Yeah, both of them so- might be out, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, uh, I honestly think it's going to be a low scoring game. I don't think it's going to be the track meet we expect. Um, I'll go uh, 2 1 Oilers. Okay. Josh? By the way, I called the last score exactly right. Last <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Press <laughs> He called it though after the game. Did he mention no, I don't know. Oh, I Do know. You watch our podcast? Yeah, on, of boss. course I watch it. Of course. Of course. No, he, he didn't get it right. All right, Josh. Here. Uh, prediction for the game. Wow. Uh, I feel like Hyman's going to have a good game just because he has to for no other reason. Um, and that helps us a lot. Let's just say we take a penalty and he gets a shorty. I'll probably say something low scoring as well, like 3-2 for the Oilers. But I do think the Oilers are going to win this game. And I think it's actually going to be partly because of goaltending. And that's going to be the best thing to watch in the world. I think Smith might get the start. You know what? I like guys rely on me for their sports select bets. So I'm going to try to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're going to, you're going to take it seriously. Sorry. Michael Hebert, lock of the week. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The lock of the week. Uh, I, sorry guys. I, you know what? I'm I'm a homer as good as any. I just don't think we're gonna win this one. I mean, I'd be surprised if it's not another four one game uh tomorrow. And four one if without McDavid, maybe four three with McDavid. Uh McDavid does get up for these games. I I, I wanna be wrong, obviously, but um I don't I don't know. This team's uh there's other problems with this that um with this team, obviously, which we all know, confidence and a whole bunch of other things. We just want them to get out of this game and then go into this break. I think, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they've got 13 days off. Um, and it's, and it's going to be well needed, right? Like, this is, uh, they just had a break. They came onto a tough road trip, but um, I understand, uh, I think Smith was skating today, so he's probably going to be in, in that. So, if if there's a hope that we win, uh, Smith uh, comes in and and plays lights out, and maybe it is a two one game. Maybe Dash can be right again for two in a row. So we'll see. You should ask Shannon who. who <laughs> <with that>. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon's probably beating his head two against the wall right I'll, now. I'll, that I'll he had to. Already. That he had to. It probably hurt him to type that he agreed with you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what, guys? Uh, fun as always. Uh, really great night. Um, Josh, I think it's all right to tell everybody you're going to come in to, uh, and be a part of the Heavy Hockey Network. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, and, you know, based on your discussion tonight and, and the fact that you agreed with me on most points, I think that's a good thing. Um, Welcome to the team. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we're happy to have you. Uh, it's it's going to be great. You know, we um, we look after each other there and, and uh, 
make sure there's some good content. Um, if Except you, for Luchansky. We don't look out for <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> he is, he is right. the only Notice. official ref. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, follow um, Josh at Tough Call Pod on Twitter, and you get his uh, episodes soon. You'll be able to get them on the Heavy Hockey Network as well. Uh, and uh, actually, I've been following you for a while. I don't see everything you put out, but in essence, um, you know, you kind of like your own version of the Department of Player Safety uh, without the spinning wheel of randomness that the Department of Player <laughs> Safety has. Uh, and uh, with actually some thought and consideration into it, um, and you don't get paid for it, which is, uh, you know, pretty awesome considering those guys actually get paid to do that shit. Um, so anyway, so if you get a chance, make sure you follow him on Twitter. And of course, uh, follow my uh, good friend. Uh, we have some fun on here, but uh, love having him on here. Dash, as always, uh, great, um, great to have you at Dash in the Park. Uh, who's currently um, hosting with uh, Mike Dursa at Mike Dursa uh, for Straight Off the Pipe podcast. Also available on Heavy Hockey Network. Um, oh, Shannon's a Nova Scotia guy. Yeah, look at these guys, eh? This there is great. By the way, Josh is over here in Nova Scotia with me. We're staying up late to provide this content for you tonight. So as it's past midnight. It's one o'clock. It's one thirty. Holy shit. It's anyway. killer as an isn't it? <laughs> as always, my guests get the last word. I shut up and uh <laughs> when you say goodnight and and you know, if you know me, you know how hard it is for me to shut up. So uh Josh, make it worth your while. Uh, you're on with the last word tonight. Uh, I'll say this. A great coach is somebody who doesn't really have to do anything. He's just made it such a greased wheel that the team just goes along and does what they need to do. And a good coach is someone who can press a button every now and again just to right the ship. And a bad coach is someone who can't get out of their own way that players just can't play for. And I think it's 100% time for us to figure out what kind of coach we have. Do we have a coach who can get his hands off and, and let the players do their job? Or do we have a coach that, that needs to be too involved, is making too many decisions and rubbing the wrong players the wrong way? I, I, I'm not saying that he is one or the other, but it's time that somebody gets in that locker room and figures it out and makes the decision. Life